0: Well, good, morning. good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. Please turn with me in your red hymnals and we'll sing the doxology together, number 549. In the red hymnal, number 549, and we'll sing the doxology. number 713 when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees they came together and one of them a teacher of the law tried to trap him with a question teacher he asked which is the greatest commandment in the law Jesus answered you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the greatest and the most important commandment The second most important commandment is like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 99. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Number 99. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have called each and every one of us to come and worship here together this morning. And Lord, we lift up all of the different individual needs and requests that we have in our lives. We lift the needs and requests of our friends, of our fellow patients, of our
1: relatives,
0: of the staff members throughout this medical center. For the family members that we'll be visiting, Lord, we lift up all those prayers to you. And God, many of them are unspoken because as we search our hearts and our minds and our souls, a lot of times the words cannot express what our needs are in our lives. But we are putting our trust and confidence in you in all things. And God, as we do pray to you, we would ask that you would Give us that discernment and that understanding that we need to have. That you would provide for us the patience, the strength, and the courage we need to wait on you and to follow your direction as you lead in our lives. And Lord, we are so grateful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is number 88, For the Beauty of the Earth. Number 88 for the beauty of the earth. reading this morning is Hebrews chapter 5 beginning with verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Amen. Let us pray. Our God, you have been moving in our lives the presence of your spirit this morning lord we thank you for the hymns that we have sung the scriptures that we have read and the prayers that we offer to you as a body of believers in your son jesus christ help me now i pray to provide further guidance in all of our lives in christ's name amen I don't know what kind of week you had this week, but I had an interesting week. And what I mean by that is usually when we have ups and downs, right? We have peaks and valleys, we kind of call that, well, we'll be nice. We call it an interesting week. Sometimes we call it other things. In fact, uh, last week I was playing this game with dice called Farkle. And, of course, if you didn't get the roll on the dice, you would say Farkle. So I found myself saying Farkle instead of the other word that we would normally say in replacement of Farkle. So you realize, so you, you hear what I'm saying, right? So, so we were having fun because we'd actually say Farkle and we didn't have any guilt about it, right? So it's all good stuff. So maybe that's the, a new word replacement, right? So you can say Farkle now, right? So... So I, I added some other adjectives to it, but my wife was laughing at me because she said, "Shame on me" and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, Farkle. So anyway, so I had one of those kind of Farkle kind of weeks, okay? And as I was thinking about the sermon this morning, and it is titled "UFO," which stands for Unidentified Foreign Objects, I was relating to my Farkle time of type time, kind of week and I was thinking about my faith and where I am in my walk with the Lord. Where is my maturity? And that is a question that I think we all need to ask all of the time. Is how are we doing with our walk with the Lord? And you know one of the things that they tell us to do in counseling and I've learned this from early on and I'm sure you've heard it too and You are part of a counseling regiment. They always encourage you to use the I statement, right? And you're all, yeah, see, you're all not, see, we all understand that, right? Now, most congregations would not understand that. And I am so glad that you do, and that is great, you know. Because as I've told you, people kind of ask me, well, what messages do you preach at your chapel? And I'm saying, it's messages that my audience understand. Because some other audience may not understand that question, right? Somebody would be elbowing the person next to him and saying, what is he trying to say with this I statement thing? I don't understand what he's talking about. But you understand what the I statement means. And so... I don't want to say we because I don't have a mouse in my pocket. But I think I need to say, when I talk about my walk with the Lord, I have to ask myself that question quite often. Because we do have farcal type of weeks. We do have farcal type of days. We do have farcal type of months. And we just need to ask that question. Where is my walk? With the Lord, and I know that this week has been a struggle, and it ended yesterday. And I'll just say it ended Saturday, in terms of our week. And it was a very difficult day yesterday. A variety of unknown circumstances that we weren't ready for that happened in our lives. People that we love and care for were making decisions, and as adults. And I'll say that. We're trying to understand some of those decisions. There were some moments of crisis yesterday in my life. There were moments of tears. There were moments of frustration. There were moments of anger. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, that just sounds like a typical day for me. And I would say probably is. And I think for most of us, we experience those same kind of emotions and feelings each day. It just depends upon the severity of those emotions, right? In terms of how high the mountaintop experience is and how low the valley experience is. The scriptures that we've read this morning kind of relates to the fact that in our daily lives, when we have those mountaintop and valley experiences, where is our faith in our lives? Where is the faith? in my life. And I'd like to say to you that my faith in the Lord is strong and it is confident. I would say yes to that. But I would also have to tell you that there are times when there is self-doubt. When I lack confidence in my faith. It doesn't mean that I'm any less of a believer. I think it's just a part of honesty that God wants me to have in my relationship with him and I suggest to you in the same way he wants you to always be honest in your relationship with him as well and so here there's a warning against those Christians that potentially might be falling away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what is being said here is the fact that They need to understand as we need to understand, as I need to understand. That there are some fundamental principles of what we believe in as being followers of Jesus Christ. And so in our maturity and in our walk with God, one of the signs that you are following God the way that you should be, one of the signs in which you are maturing the way that God wants you to be in terms of your walk with God and your growing up with God is where are you in terms of understanding your concept of righteousness and so i need to ask that question of myself is what do i believe in in terms of righteousness what is my world view right that's the new thing that we've been using for the last couple of years what is your world view So what is my worldview of righteousness and what is your worldview of righteousness? Well, I would hope and my prayer would be that it is similar, if not identical. Because if you and I are followers of Jesus Christ, then our worldview of righteousness should be the same. We should identify with what good is. We should want good to be manifested in every day of our lives. And it doesn't mean that we don't have Farkle type of days. It doesn't mean that when we roll the dice, that we always get the numbers that we want. Now, I'm talking about a game called Farkle. I am not talking about gambling, Okay. But you know, in our own lives, we have to ask that question about what is our worldview of righteousness. What is our understanding of distinguishing between good and evil in our lives? Because that is the measurement of our growth and in our walk with God. It is your understanding and my understanding of what good and evil is. Because when we understand that, then we find ourselves no longer being on milk, but we find ourselves being on meat. And if you happen to be a vegetarian, some other type of sustenance that provides you the protein that you need to have that is more substantial than just milk. And that in itself reveals to you that you are making progress. That you are making progress beyond what you had when you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You are growing up. I am growing up. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't acquiesce from time to time to adolescent or childlike behavior. In fact, we as adults have a tendency to do that. We just call it something else. But you and I both know when we see other adults acting like an adolescent or as a child, and we kind of say to them, or at least we're thinking it, we want them to do what? Grow up, right? Get over it. And within our own lives with God, spiritually, we need to grow up. We need to no longer be adolescent or childlike in our behavior, in our walk with God. Spiritually, we need to be in a place where we understand the things of God in our lives, and we accept those things that are in our lives. We do those things that God allows us to change with his strength, with his courage, with his understanding, with his patience. In fact, even with the different crises that Lynn and I were going through yesterday, and of course, for us, a crisis is when it has to do with family members, right? Right? And so we had the whole gamut of different types of crisis within our family yesterday. And it was interesting for me is, as I experienced a different set of emotions, right, as you go through those things, dealing with those situations with family, I found myself, at the end of it all, being silent. And for me, being silent is a good thing. Because I have the tendency to speak my mind, to speak my feelings, to speak my anger, to speak my frustrations, to speak my resentment. But I found myself being silent. And there was a peace about that. It doesn't mean that I was not in emotional turmoil. It doesn't mean that I got a good sleep last night. On the contrary, I woke up several times experiencing the emotions that I was having during the day, walked around the house in the middle of the night, checked the windows, checked the doors. You know, we do stupid things to kind of justify our existence for walking around at night said some silent prayers, experienced a more in-depth emotion about the circumstances, but then I found myself at peace. It wasn't a perfect peace. It wasn't a perfect tranquility. It wasn't a perfect harmony. But I found myself at peace. And that's where God wants us to be in our walk with Him. Because when we understand what righteousness is to God, we understand what righteousness is to ourselves and to those that are around us. When we are able to distinguish the difference between good and evil in our lives, based on God's standards, We do find ourselves at peace. It's not a perfect peace. and The reason why it's not perfect peace is because I am not a perfect person. And I know some of you might think that you are, and that's okay. I just say woe to you and your perfection. Because we are not perfect. We make decisions based on the frailties of who we are as human beings. And any time we make decisions or interact with any individual in our lives, we always should say, by the grace of God, go on. By the grace of God, go on. One of the signs of us growing up in the Lord as we Understand the view of righteousness that God wants us to have. It includes the fact that you and I, as we understand the concept of righteousness, being able to distinguish between good and evil, that we have an attitude that is not one of self-righteousness. It is not one of judgment. You hear what I'm saying? It's not an attitude that I'm a better person than you are. Because God reminds us again and again that he can humble us very quickly when we have that type of attitude. So understanding that righteousness that God wants us to have means that we set aside our pride of who we are. We set aside the haughtiness of who we are, you know. We set aside those things that we feel distinguish us at a higher level than others. But then we see within the righteousness of God that God... Never intends for us to be that way. He intends for us to understand good and evil for his purposes. for us to love one another. And the scriptures that we have read this morning as our call to worship. Who was our neighbor? our neighbor probably is the person not only that lives next door but that neighbor is anyone that we come in contact with including our enemies because they too are our neighbors and Christ tells us to love them he tells us that when you love them, you are showing that God is foremost in your life, that God is number one. And I shared with you a couple of weeks ago the other use of the number one. God wants to be number one in our lives, in all things. And we display that by our understanding of righteousness, by the way in which we incorporate good and evil in our lives. We see in our walk with God that we have developed to the point where we understand that we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Because your reflection on good and evil, your reflection on righteousness... And my reflection on righteousness and my reflection on good and evil should allow us to be vulnerable to the circumstances that we are in. And you're saying, I don't think I can be vulnerable in those types of situations. But when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we are acting upon the righteousness that God wants us to have the ability for us to have the understanding of good and evil. We can only do those things. We can only see those things when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable in those circumstances. And that vulnerability means that we show and we exercise love and compassion to one another. That vulnerability means that we exercise mercy to one another. That vulnerability means that we show grace. To each other. Because then and only then can we see the righteousness that God wants us to have in our lives. And we apply it because we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We allow ourselves to hurt if that's what it takes to show the righteousness of God in our lives. We allow ourselves to be hurt when we are speaking to others kindly and in a loving way about good and evil. Because we know that when we do that, we are risking what? We are risking rejection. And that's why we struggle with making ourselves vulnerable in front of each other and vulnerable before God because we don't want to have rejection because rejection hurts. And it hurts deeply. And it hurts a lot. So there's a risk that we take. There's a risk that we take in showing God's righteousness to others. There's a risk that we take when we look at good and evil and we say what is good and we say what is evil. There is a risk that we take. And I need to understand that. That when I take that risk, when I make myself vulnerable, I realize that there is going to be possible rejection. And what does that do for us? I would say to you that it frees us of so many different things in our lives. It frees us of the emotional burden that I know I have on my shoulders. I don't know how much emotion you have each day in terms of your emotional energy. I know that I only have limited amounts. But yet, when we are looking at things from God's perspective, the perspective of the righteousness, the perspective of the good and evil, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to the things of God. And then we truly see and understand that the burden that God has given us is not there. Because the presence of Christ in our lives has made that burden light. I know you're thinking to yourselves that seems to be, you know, one of those reverse type of logic types of things, right? How can it be? good for you but yet be hurtful to you and how can allowing yourself to be vulnerable be good for you but it can be good for you because then you see things not with your own selfish eyes and I'll use an I statement here I, I don't see the things in my selfish eyes I see them through the eyes of God And when I see those things through the eyes of God, I am able to take the necessary steps that God wants me to do, to understand how he wants me to live. And in the same way, he gives that offering to you. I am no different than you before God. I am no different. And God wants you. To be walking with Him all of the time. God wants you to be vulnerable and submissive to the things in His life as He works in your life. As you are following His will. Because then we find ourselves being carried by God and not carried by ourselves. Because we are doing the things that God has wanted us to do and what God has wanted us to be. Because then we see in our lives that we are responding to those challenges because God wants us to respond in a way that glorifies Him. God wants us to respond in a way that is mature, reflecting the growth that we have had with our walk with God. So does my hope and prayer that the rest of this day, the rest of this week that will be before us, that even though there are times that you might be wanting to say the word Farkle, that you'll say it in such a way that it's reflecting the righteousness that God wants you to have in your life, the vulnerability that God wants you to have in your life. To be able to distinguish between good and evil because you want other people to see and to share in the same way that you have shared in the life of God in your own life. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion revealing the public testimony that we have with God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us that we need to be vulnerable to the people in our lives, that we need to be open, that we need to seek righteousness, that we need to be able to distinguish between good and evil because it reveals our character and our walk with you. God, help us when we have not wanted to be vulnerable, when we have just wanted to be selfish, when we just wanted to think about ourselves and we wanted to guard our emotions so we would not feel the hurt, we would not feel the pain. But God, you have reminded us this morning that our walk with you Allows for that. Allows us to feel that hurt. Allows us to feel that pain. So we know that the burden is with you.
1: And we can walk
0: with you in all things. Thank you God for this time of communion. In Christ's name. Amen. I receive from the Lord, but I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had broke it and given thanks, he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. But whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Before we have our closing hymn this morning, we're going to pray. I won't mention the name, but there was a request for us to lift somebody up in prayer this morning. And I'd like to do that right now. Please join me. Our gracious God, Lord, we lift up the patient that has been mentioned this morning here in our chapel service. God, we'd ask that you would provide that patient your will in all of those circumstances. That you would be with the surgeons and all that are involved in the care and treatment at the best will be done and Lord we just quietly in our hearts lift that patient up to you knowing God that you will answer our prayers according to your will and purpose thank you God that we can pray together in this circumstance in Christ's name, Amen please join with me in our closing hymnal number 94, Sweet Hour of Prayer how appropriate (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. reminding us that in all things you want us to pray help us god to do that according to your will and according to your purpose and now may the peace of god that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore amen thank you for coming